The beautiful thing is that this happened to burners, who if literally anyone is going to be able to handle these elements, it's going to be burners. Hey guys, welcome back to Rave Culture Cast, your weekly guide to the EDM community, music festivals, and more. I'm your host, Emma Capotis. Happy Wednesday, fam. We've got two episodes left of the year, which honestly, I'm very excited about because these are two annual episodes that I love to do, and this one is coming back for a second time. So today we're going to be talking about the biggest festival and dance music headlines of 2023. So I did this last year was a suggestion from one of our listeners and I had so much fun doing it. So essentially today I am going to be chatting all about the headlines that defined this year. So I came up with my own. I went back and looked at just like some of the biggest things that happened and then you guys also voted and I kind of combined them together and I'm going to give like short synopsises of what happened this year and it's just like cool to look back see everything that went down some positives some negatives it was a whirlwind I will say that so if you guys are interested in getting a recap of the biggest EDM and dance music and festival headlines of 2023 stick around Uh, before that quickly I want to plug our socials we are at rave culture cast on all of the platforms if you want to connect with us we're here on YouTube we're on Spotify streaming everywhere if you want to watch video definitely check it out Um, and you can also join our Facebook group and our discord community also tonight if you're watching the day this drops Wednesday December 20th Um, we're gonna do a little like holiday happy hour over zoom because I haven't seen some of your faces in a very long time so I'm hosting a little zoom call tonight so just join the Facebook group I'll put the uh, zoom link in there and then we're gonna be doing that uh, later tonight um, probably around like 8 p.m p.m. Eastern but I'll let you know the final time just join the Facebook group so yeah hope to see you some of you guys tonight if you're watching this when it drops but before we dive into things you guys I want to share a quick message from one of our new sponsors which is an absolute rave necessity and you've probably heard of them before but if you haven't yet I'm going to put you on so we have boom boom nasal sticks boom boom naturals I've used these for years this was literally still packed in my bag from Okeechobee um so these are nasal sticks that smell incredible so think of these as like a breath mint for your nose and essentially they come in these little tubes super tiny easy to fit in your festival bag you just twist it off and then you just insert it into your um nose give yourself a little spritz breathe in afterwards oh my god I gotta do both of them it gives the most insane like tingling sensation it's super refreshing it literally clears your sinuses so when I use this at Electric Forest 2022 this is my best example the dust was absolutely insane at that festival and then I remembered I had this in my bag and I gave myself like a little spritz and it was the first time I could breathe clearly throughout the weekend so these like definitely come in clutch I know they're a rave essential and you guys are obsessed with them but this one was in the tropical scent so it's got like a nice little tropical flavoring to it there's winter mint mint lavender um I absolutely love these guys if you want to get 10% off your orders they got us a new code so use my name Emma K Emma K to get a discount code for 10% off at boom boom sticks so definitely check these out I absolutely love these Again, have been using them for years. I'm super excited to welcome them to the podcast as a sponsor. So definitely show them some love. They're linked down below. All right, let's do our amnesty bin. So this is a new segment that we do on the podcast that you can send in anonymous submissions for. So essentially, these are rave confessions. You guys will just drop these off. I'll pick them up. I'll take them with me to the rave grave and you can just, you know, get it off your chest. So this week's anonymous 
submission to our amnesty bin. Oh, and by the way, you can email them in to raveculturecast at gmail.com. So please send your submissions and I need some more. So this was a juicy one. I loved this. Okay. It says, okay, I'm 57, but I look younger. So I was walking through the crowd at Neon Garden at EDC Orlando 2023 it was pretty crowded and I was following behind my daughter. This young man and his friend got between me and my daughter and immediately started to try to catch up to his friend while I was trying to catch up to my daughter. He politely motioned for me to go first and smiled and said it's okay if uh, is it okay if that he can go first. Then he blurts out that it's his first time ever at a festival and he tells me that I'm really pretty. My daughter finally turns around and comes back to find me and his friend followed shortly after her. I then asked if he knew what Plur was. He said he didn't, so I explained and showed him how candy was traded, and I gave him one. He hugged me, and then my daughter whispered in my ear that I should kiss him. I looked at him and could tell he was definitely in his early 20s, and I didn't want to, but the young man held on to me. I leaned in for a quick kiss, quickly pulled away, and then he pulled me in for a full-out makeout kiss. <laughs> At this point, my daughter had already told his friend that I'm her mom. The young man didn't want to leave, but I insisted he go have fun. I had to practically push him off towards his friend. He was super cute with a bandana on his head and really curly light brown or dark blonde hair. I hope he's not traumatized. Haha. <laughs> Once his friend told him that I'm so much older. This is definitely not my normal. Listen, it doesn't have to be your normal. You had a good time. He had a good time. It was a fun moment for you. Live your best life. <laughs> Live your truth. Uh absolutely love that and the fact that you and your daughter shared that moment together is hysterical but like honestly these are the kinds of moments that happen at raves and festivals so that was an awesome amnesty bin confession thank you for that anonymous sender uh again guys send me your submissions like this they can be rated r they can be whatever you want to send again i won't tell anybody so that's raveculturecast at gmail.com all righty let's dive into the episode so as I mentioned, you guys, um, this was a suggestion last year. I had so much fun working on it. And this year, honestly, there was like a lot. So for everything from like album drops, artists coming back and making a killing, label lawsuits, festivals royally fucking up. And unfortunately, we had two instances of loss of life at festivals this year. Honestly, probably more than that, but two that I was going to touch on here. So it's a lot. There's a lot we're going to get into today, but I think that these are some of the most noteworthy things that happened in the industry um, combined with some of the things that you guys really thought that I should talk about. So let's dive in. Um, these are in no particular order. I didn't like order these throughout the year, but um, the first one I feel like we kind of have to talk about. We can't really mention like dance music without saying Skrillex. The return of Skrillex happened this year. Um, not only did he drop two albums, um, but he just like made his triumphant return and it was so welcomed and it was so refreshing and to hear him come back with just like a new sound and to live up to the hype and the expectation is what like got me really really excited because obviously like he's probably one of the first artists I had seen and I missed seeing him live like I definitely was excited to just see his name all over playing festival um, festivals as a headliner playing like a five-hour red rock set he did this year playing pop-up shows at madison square garden with like fortet and fred again like it just he did so much this year and like really went out there and just played some awesome fucking shows did some pop-up things um so we had his album quest for fire come out and don't get too close uh, Don't Get Too Close, I believe, was the second one that came out. That one to me was like more chill. It was more like easy listening. It had a lot more hip hop and rap influences and collaborations in that. Um, Quest for Fire kind of was like that 
craving I have when I think of Skrillex. Um, like his collaboration with Peekaboo, Hydrate, I loved. Rumble obviously was an incredible single to drop. But uh, Ratata with like the Missy Elliott like sampling, like there were just so many good moments with his albums. And it was really exciting to see him come back. And I really hope to see him in 2024. Um, but yeah, like this was definitely the year of Skrillex. And I feel like you couldn't go anywhere without hearing people talk about him or seeing his name pop up. So he is definitely in demand. And I'm excited to see what he does next year. So that was the first one I wanted to kick off with. I'm going to keep things going with uh, artists. So Odessa I have to talk about because it was also their big return to the festival circuit which was really cool and obviously they had dropped their album The Last Goodbye which was one of like my favorite albums last year and I like had just gotten into them like I definitely slept on them for years I always knew who they were but I didn't really listen to them too much other than like their really well-known like hits that you would think of think of them so when that album dropped I definitely kind of like listened to that a little bit more and then to see their name obviously like they did a huge run they had a whole festival tour with the most insane live performance I've ever seen. So I got to see them at Okeechobee and it completely blew me away. Like their drum line is absolutely insane. Like the whole production, it was like a spectacle. There were fireworks. It was one of the best sets I've ever seen in my life. So I absolutely loved that. I think that they just really killed it in the festival scene this year. And then they released their own cinematic experience, The Last Goodbye, in July, which was a a feature film that they did. I'm still, if anybody knows where I can watch this, I have been posting about this online. I can't find it anywhere. So I don't even know if you can watch it online. I hope that they put it up on like Netflix or Hulu or something because I didn't get to go see it in theaters, but I haven't been able to find it anywhere. So if any of you guys know that if we can watch that online, like please let me know because I would absolutely love to put that on one night and like show my family that film. So yeah, I want to say Odessa also when I think of 2023, I think of their like return their tour their show um it was absolutely incredible so the other thing I I will touch on really quickly as well since we're on Okeechobee is there was this was earlier in the year Okeechobee was in the first weekend of March um there was obviously a loss of life that happened there and I talked about it in our Okeechobee festival review episode so if you guys want like more details on everything that happened there but not only was like there a loss of life which was a really really tragic accident that happened it just brought up this bigger conversation around festival security and lack of security and what measures could have been taken in place to make sure that fans had a safe experience and it was everything from you know lack of shading structures during the day at some of the stages to an open body of water being in the middle of this festival that somebody obviously lost their life in to not communicating it with festival goers who were there swimming in that body of water the next morning like it just was a very tragic thing all around and a a young life was lost so that was a really really hard pill to swallow in the beginning of the year and it was just a huge damper on the scene and just a really sad event overall. So that one really, really hurt our community. And unfortunately, there were some more things that we'll talk about later. But um, on the positive side of things, I do have to mention somebody else who I think had an incredible year personally and professionally. And I just was like very inspired by her because we were both pregnant at the same time. But Allison in Wonderland had... I just said Allison in Wonderland. Do you hear that? <laughs> Alice in Wonderland. Sorry. I'm like picturing she just went to Disney World or Disneyland and there's like this v- meme going around of her like 
posing with Allison in Wonderland. So that's why I said that. But Alice in Wonderland. Um, so yeah, not only is she like one of the biggest artists in dance music and she's already been killing it for years. She was, you know, a major headliner on so many festivals this year. She became a new mom to her son, Max. So it was just so cool when she announced her pregnancy. I was pregnant at the time. I think she had her son maybe two months before me. But it just was amazing to see this powerful woman absolutely at the top of her game, absolutely crushing her career, also being a mom, playing EC, Las Vegas, main stage, nine months pregnant. Like it just like was so inspiring for me and it made me want to like continue working and continue doing what I'm doing um, because women can literally do fucking anything. And while like your bodies are being like absolutely pushed to the limit, you're still like absolutely crushing it. Um on top of all of these other things she's doing, she debuted um, a new album from her project White Fang, which is her alias. And it's like this darker, more like mysterious. Uh, it's a little bit of trap. It's a little bit of techno, a little bit electronic. Like it's a really cool experimental side that Allison wanted to um, basically come out with a new album. So I loved the White Fang, Fang album. Um, we'll talk about it in our Best of EDM episode coming up. But she launched this project she had a full performance at Coachella I believe that was the first one of the year then she did all these like pop-up shows she did one in Brooklyn and it was just like such a cool visual experience and it just was cool to see her doing both at the same time so she's like got this new album going she's also playing shows under Alice in Wonderland she's also pregnant and a new mom at the same time so it was just really really cool to see her doing all of these things and also like debuting this new project which sounded really fucking cool so I loved everything that Alice in Wonderland did this year all right fam what is next so next I want to talk about this collaboration that I feel like we saw everywhere Dom Dalla and Nelly Furtado I feel like one is was one of my favorite storylines to follow this year you if you know me you know I'm a big Dom Dalla fan he's one of my favorite artists and he is probably had his biggest year of his career so far he's just like been on the come up and I feel like he's just continued to top himself like he started out his year with um rhyme dust like an insane viral collaboration with mk that they were teasing on tiktok last year it went like absolutely viral and then they literally had to like release the single early so i believe it ended up coming out in february of this year so he starts his year out with that then he plays like some of the biggest shows of his life like he crushed it i saw him at the brooklyn mirage He's done red, sold out Red Rock shows, like played every single festival you can imagine. And then I just saw at the end of the year, I think he won the Aria for da- best dance music artist, I want to say. He's just like absolutely killed it. He's like been nominated for awards and he's had these amazing collaborations. And my favorite was the one with Nelly Furtado because he came out with Eat Your Man back in, I want to say it was April or May because he played it at Project Glow. And I got to help like tease that a little bit, which was really fucking cool. I don't even think I told you guys that. That was one of my biggest moments of the year. Like one of my biggest pinch me moments of the year was his team reached out to me and I helped kind of like tease one of his tracks, which was really fucking cool. Um, And I was like, this is like a dream moment. I can't believe I'm even like a part of this or like helping with this. And it was the Nelly Furtado collaboration. So like it just that was like a pinch me mo- moment I had this year. Um. But for Nelly Furtado, like, I don't think people realize she basically kind of took a break from music for a really long time. If you go back on Spotify, she hasn't had an album in a really long time. So it was kind of like her return to music in a lot of big ways this year. And she's an absolute gem. I've watched interviews with her and she's like the sweetest woman in the entire world and crushes it. 
absolutely beautiful and fantastic voice. And so I think their collaboration was just really cool to see. Not only is this song fire, but then she started doing these surprise appearances. So I know they did Lollapalooza together and he played like these other insane mashups um, that she sang on and it was just like an incredible set. So yeah, seeing their collaborations together this year was just really, really fun. And they're both on the Electric Forest lineup next year. So you know you guys are going to get some of that if you go to that festival. But um, I just think it like introduced Nelly Furtado to a whole new audience, like helped revive her in a different way than she's known for and then also with Dom Dalla to like work with an artist like Nelly Furtado I just think it was like a really beautiful collaboration between the two of them so that was one of my personal favorite collaborations and storylines of the year it's just fun to follow so that is kind of like the first first little snippet I want to include I'm going to pause here really quickly and I want to share a quick message from another sponsor you guys if you haven't already seen this Groove Cruise 2025 My friends, I haven't even gone on 2024 yet, but 2025 has been announced. So if you missed your opportunity to book for this next year, 2025 is even bigger and better. I can't even, we're going to talk about it. So Groove Cruise is known already for 96 hours of continuous music. It's all of the good vibes. You have artist activities, which you can participate. So for 2024, I'm doing uh, yoga with LPGOB. I'm doing a bar crawl with Midas. And then I'm doing an espresso martini tasting with Max Lowe. So like there's all these amazing things that you can do. Um, I'm hosting my own like games and stuff like that, a panel conversation. So in 2025, you guys are going to have all of these activities plus the music on top of everything else, surprise pop-up sets, like this beautiful community of people, costume parties, daytime and nighttime. Like it's all of the amazing experiences you get with Groove Cruise. But 2025 is going to be on the allure of the seas. This is the biggest, largest, most cutting edge cruise ship that Groove Cruise has ever done, making it the grandest electronic music cruise in history. It is the biggest ship ever It's going to be fucking insane. It's 18 decks, 11 stages, and the capacity of 5,400 passengers. So go big or go home is what I have to say. It's going to be fucking insane, you guys. Um, The private island party is going to be on Labadee, Haiti. So you are going to dock and have your own private island party. So it's going to be absolutely incredible, guys. If you want to book, you can use our code RAVECULTUREcast, all one word, no spaces, RAVECULTUREcast. That will save you $50 off per person per room. So if you're in a quad, that'll save you $200 off the quad room. So again, Rave Culture Cast will get you $50 off per person per room. It's going to be incredible, guys. I can't wait to do my first one in 2024. I haven't committed to 2025 yet. I'm not sure if I'm going to go or not, but uh, it's kind of like hard to beat. So this is going to be absolutely incredible for you guys. So I will link that down below if you want to book your rooms. I know some are already booking up. So if you want like suites, balcony rooms, those go really, really quickly. And of course, there are interior rooms as well if you're on more of a budget. So that is everything. Shout out Groove Cruise. That's going to be absolutely fucking incredible for 2025. All righty. With all of that being said, let's dive into our next few stories I had here. So I I had to put this one in here. I think one of you guys actually might have um, agreed with me that this was a major headline last year but or this year. A woman, okay, I'm going to say woman giving birth at EDC Las Vegas in quotes because she didn't actually give birth at EDC Las Vegas, but a woman did go into labor at EDC 
during Zed's set (laughs) and she gave birth at a local Vegas hospital. So this was kind of everywhere just because like Alice in Wonderland again was nine months pregnant when she was playing. Um, But this woman, these are the facts because there was so much conversation online that like obviously me being pregnant at the time like pissed me off. Like there were so many judgy people just saying like, why was she there? That's so dangerous to you and your baby and all these things. Like if it was cleared with your doctor, if you're not that like, super far along like you can go I went to festivals when I was pregnant so it's a personal decision but like I'm not out here to judge any moms for their decisions you also don't know how long she's going she could just be going for the day so I did read an article and it said she had a doctor's appointment that morning and was good to go and the baby came very early she was I believe 31 to 32 weeks pregnant so yes that's in your third trimester but full term is 40 weeks or you know 37 to 40 weeks so she was early that baby came early uh maybe the bass music like pushed it out but um definitely a surprise to her (laughs) and her family so that was crazy so yeah she went into labor went to the medical tent at edc and they transfer transported her to a hospital um yeah and it was during zed's dead set or zed's set that that happened and i believe they named the middle name of the baby daisy i'm pretty sure after electric daisy carnival so absolutely love that um next one is just like a happy-go-lucky story so uh elenium and subtronics both got married this year and it happened to be the same weekend because it was flooding my feed when that happened so it was the weekend of uh october 1st that first weekend of october um and it was really exciting i know elenium has had been engaged to his girlfriend for a little while and then subtronics is was dating level up so they both are in the bass music scene both are djs and they got married as well and it was just really cool to see two two major weddings in the bass music community happening and we got some cool footage of elenium going back to back with his wife at his wedding and you know obviously other artists popping up at these um celebrations which is really cool so we have to say a huge congratulations to both of them it's a huge milestone in your relationship and it's just we love love so it's cool to see that happening um and that they got to celebrate that together Alrighty, so another really big story that happened again involving loss of life this was probably one of like the scariest things that happened this year in the dance music scene in the festival community so there was a shooting at beyond wonderland at the gorge this year and there was so much like conversation around like what actually happened and how this could have happened so it was a shooting that did occur in the campgrounds at the festival so the festival and the campgrounds are a little bit um separated and i believe two women lost their life more were injured so I'm going to read the article because at the time we had obviously had to wait for all the information to come out like you don't want to just jump on a story without knowing like actually what happened so now like um there's way more information on the case so I did pull up an article this was on billboard.com just to like see what the latest status was around this so the shooter was a 26 year old member of the U.S. military who did fatally shoot two women it was a Seattle couple um, it was Brandy Escamilla and Jocelyn Ruiz. Uh, there were, um, oh my gosh, GoFundMe pages for them that I linked in a previous episode. I'll see if they're still up and I will link them for you guys. And then three other people were wounded in the campgrounds. So this is the information that was linked in the Billboard.com article. So Kelly, I believe, the person who was the shooter told detectives that he took psychedelic mushrooms June 17th that caused him to hallucinate a woman he was dating who was also shot recalled him saying that he thought the world was ending 
Um, according to probable, probable cause documents, Kelly then went to his truck to get a gun and shot the two women, documents say. He also shot the woman he was dating, another person attending the festival, and an employee, the documents allege. Shortly before 8.30 p.m., um, Kelly had shot Escamilla and Ruiz, who were walking through the campgrounds. He also shot a 31-year-old man from Eugene, Oregon, who was heading to the area when he heard the gunshots. Um, the woman dating Kelly called 911 and told the dispatcher that Kelly had a gun before he discarded her phone. Uh, he then shot an employee responding to gunshot reports and made his way to a n- nearby field where a sheriff's office drone spotted him. He then shot his girlfriend twice and also fired at the drone, hitting it once. So that is the most recent information that I saw on the case. And I know there was like so much going on because there were, a lot of people were mentioning that was a domestic um domestic violence case so it obviously was because his girlfriend was involved but unfortunately the two women who lost their lives just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time in the campgrounds which is fucking horrendous so this was just like emotional for everyone involved for people who were in the campgrounds who witnessed it heard it saw the aftermath or whatever had happened and then the people inside the festival as well like who either didn't even know what was going on at the time and then obviously messages were sent out to make sure that people were safe so it just was a tragic incident that should never have happened and again I ended up doing another episode on festival safety but this again brought up a conversation of how is a gun allowed in how is that not found in their car you know what is the state of mental health in this world right now so it just brings up so many other conversations but that was definitely one of the biggest losses in our community one of the most tragic moments because obviously these horrendous things are happening in the world every day but when it touches home and when it touches our community it just was such like it just made me sick to my stomach when I heard this come out that this had happened um so yeah so that was like one really really big thing that I wanted to mention I think that it was the only other um loss of life that had happened that was like very major this year the other things in here seem trivial in comparison I'm gonna say so it's like hard to transition to the next topic um but again I will link this information down below and I will try and find the GoFundMe pages as well as if you guys want to donate to the families um the next thing that had popped off in the industry this was a big one was the label lawsuit so this was with John Summit he had a label that he called off the grid and there was obviously a lot of buzz around John Summit a lot of buzz around this label and I think I had first seen this this all like went down on Twitter but John Summit had kind of went off in a series of tweets which he later apologized for but basically saying that he couldn't use like the name anymore and that somebody was like trying to like sue them for like all this money and stuff like that so this is actually what happened there was a smaller promoter Mikey made Chromie who already was organizing dance events in Southern California and Las Vegas under the name off the grid so he had already been doing this prior to John Summit releasing his label under that name um so after John Summit had kind of like maybe it was heat of the moment whatever reason frustrations had tweeted a bunch of things it just rubbed people the wrong way because it kind of lit a fire under his fans asses to go basically like not I don't know if attack is the right word but essentially his fans got angry in support of John Summit and then like went and attacked 
this other company off the grid, uh, which obviously was not okay in any way, shape, or form. But um, Chromie, the man in question, had responded to a to everything in a Facebook post saying there was never a lawsuit or a demand for seven figures, but confirming that he did hire indeed hire an attorney to send a cease and desist letter to Summit. It says, at this time, his management contacted me. They first asked if we could coexist. The man said no. The damage was already done, and I just wanted them to stop using my name. Uh, then they asked if I would sell it. I said that I have put way too much into it. I would only sell it if it was life-changing money. They said they weren't willing to spend that type of money, and that was that. So in Mike, Mikey made Chromie's opinion. That's like how the whole thing went down. So obviously he won that settlement, and John Summit's team company had to change their name. Um, so this had later come out. They rebranded to experts only. So that is the new branding. That's a new label that John Summit has. So off the grid can go um, remain with the original creator of that um, around the dance music events that he promotes in Southern California and Vegas. So that was just a crazy legal battle that had happened. A lot of just like messiness unfolding on social media. A lot of like craziness that had happened around that. I feel like John Summit probably learned some lessons too of, you know, not trying to like rally people to to attack somebody online because I think that that was like uncalled for at the time. And he did apologize for it, which I appreciated that he came up and said that he did wrong in that situation. So that was kind of like crazy. And the whole thing with the name, I believe like John Summit is a huge fan of like uh, skiing and snowboarding and things like that. And so off the grid was kind of like reminiscent of that branding and energy so experts only still kind of like fits into that idea of like skiing um I don't know anything about skiing you guys so (laughs) but it fits under that idea of like obviously like skiing and the different uh runs that you can do and stuff like that so it's still I think is like a really cool name and they've released some really amazing music on the label so far but um that was a mess and perfect transition speaking of another mess uh electric zoo Oh boy. I'll just recap this really quickly because I have an entire episode on this. So definitely go watch it. If you guys want to see like everything that went down with Electric Zoo this year, the TLDR on this was Electric Zoo was under new management this year. The same owners that own the Brooklyn Mirage and Avant Gardner in New York City and Brooklyn. Um, basically, it just was a complete lack of organization and structure. And it led to Electric Zoo canceling day one of the festival last minute like I think it was like maybe an hour or two before doors were supposed to open day one of electric zoo was canceled day two ended up being delayed two hours and then to make matters worse like this was all insane chaos day two there were will call lines for literally hours on end that were horrendous people weren't eating people were getting sick passing out there are no bathrooms like it just was absolute insanity and then by day three It opened on time, but at some point in the evening, it might have been like 5 p.m. or around then, they ended up sending out a notification that they were capping the festival because they reached like max capacity and no one else could enter even if you were a ticket holder. So they have multiple lawsuits against them. I think they have at least like four lawsuits against them currently. Um, Oh, and then on day three, that when they posted that announcement about it and all these people like thousands of people are waiting outside the gates they all rushed the gates and stormed inside the festival which was an extremely dangerous and scary situation so there's multiple lawsuits against it so many things going on I believe so many people are unpaid I'm not even sure what's happening with tickets so if you guys had tickets and you are currently like trying to get your money back like definitely leave a comment let us know like what the latest is with that 
Um, but I have no idea what the future of Electric Zoo is going to be after that. I feel like they completely blew their trust with attendees. And some people, I know friends who went and didn't like had a great time. Like they had their tickets, they got in on time, they still made the most of it and enjoyed it. They like didn't really deal with any of the craziness. But I don't think a lot of people will be going back and I'm just curious what will happen because so much money was lost and they owe so much money to so many people. So I have it's sad. It's just sad because Electric Zoo like I'm in New Jersey so we don't have a lot of music like dance music festivals around here and Electric Zoo is like our big dance music festival. I've been three times before but it was years prior. It was 2016, 2017, 2019. Very different energy than it was in recent years. So it just sucks to see like this is what it has come down to because I've had some really amazing memories at Electric Zoo. So that definitely sucks. Okay, last one I'm going to do and we'll take another quick break. Uh, the last one I want to mention that I think was such a fun music for dance music or such a fun moment for dance music. And it just showed the power that dance music has for anyone who thinks it was a bubble that burst it is alive and well, and I think this proves it. So Fisher and Chris Lake basically shut down Hollywood Boulevard in Los Angeles and had the most insane show under their um, project called Under Construction together. Absolutely incredible. It looked so much fun. Not only that, but they had this iconic intro that was filmed by Thor, aka Chris Hemsworth, <laughs> who's a good friend of Fisher's. So it was insane a massive dance party in Hollywood Boulevard really amazing music celebrating celebrating house music um and it said that this was an article I think this was LA Mag that wrote this um the event was produced by Golden Voice and Framework Framework said after the event Chris Lake reflected on the massive massive undertaking which went off without a hitch telling Los Angeles Magazine that he and his mix master partner Fisher uh, we're able to do the show on the famous street in the town due to building relationships and trust with various city officials through running successful and safe events all across the city for years. That I definitely have to say that. I only heard good things about this event, so I feel like they ran it really, really well, and it was just awesome to see the dance music scene like alive and well and to see house music absolutely fucking killing it. Uh, two artists at the top of their game, so I, I can't wait to see them again. I want to see Under Construction at some point. Um, Okay. Another quick break, you guys. The last thing I want to plug for you, and then we will wrap up with the three remaining stories of the year. Um, if you need tickets to any shows, I've got two New Year's Eve festivals. So Countdown New Year's Eve and Together as One. If you guys need tickets, I have my Insomniac and affiliate links linked down below. Really appreciate you guys buying through me. And then I also have Beyond Wonderland SoCal, which is really exciting. So if you guys want that one, I know it's a super popular event. Um, in Southern California so who knows maybe I'll go next year guys I don't know we'll have to see I've never done a festival in California which is fucking insane but I need to <laughs> at some point and I've heard really good things about Beyond Wonderland so count on New Year's Eve together as one Beyond Wonderland all links down below if you guys want any of those Alrighty, last three of the year these are co all completely different I again did just wanted to like mix these all together but this one this one was wild so Burning Man we got to talk about the flooding that happened this year because I think like you literally couldn't escape it on social media and TikTok, which is pretty funny because I feel like that's like the <laughs> the opposite of Burning Man is like that it should be covered on social media. But this is the world that we live in now. So if you aren't familiar with Burning Man at all, it's a, it's a temporary city that's built. So everything is built in Black, Black Rock City, 
desert in Nevada. And, you know, people are out there preparing for weeks, if not like throughout the year, months. And everyone comes here. Everything You have to bring everything. So like you are fully responsible for yourself, your food, your water, your tenting, your RVs, how you're going to get around whatever you're going to provide to others like it is a complete community that everybody is building providing for you're responsible for yourself so you're already dealing with like absolutely insane elements if you've seen pictures or or videos of it you know there's like crazy dust storms um you're literally out there in the desert like most people are riding around on bikes or these crazy art cars like it's you're dealing with the elements and again you're there to fend for yourself right so this year in particular they were hit with like one of the most insane rainstorms that this city has ever seen before. It said this desert saw two to three months worth of rain in a 24-hour period. Two to three months worth of rain in a 24-hour period. So we basically started getting these videos coming out of Black Rock City of like just the ground was like complete and utter like mud that was just like people were stuck cars were stuck bikes were stuck you couldn't go anywhere they're just like boots that are stuck in the mud it's so thick and dense so I think the media obviously made it seem like a lot crazier than it was like people obviously people were stranded they put out a shelter in place message to everyone so you weren't supposed to leave because people were getting stuck there's obviously a lack of cell service there and it's already hard to get around there. So like that adds to the element of people feeling like more stranded. There might also be like, you know, depending on what you brought with you, if you weren't expecting to be stuck for a couple extra days, there could be, li- you know, limited supplies of food and water, uncomfortable living situations. A lot of people's tents were completely rained out. So the beautiful thing is that this happened to burners who if literally anyone is going to be able to handle these elements, it's going to be burners. So obviously a lot of them are equipped and prepared for situations to arise. Maybe they didn't expect two to three months worth of rain in a 24-hour period, but they could handle the muddy conditions. And you know, from what I've seen, people made the most of it. But It just was really, really insane to see some of like the videos that came out of that weekend because it looked like it looked like hell, but I'm sure they made the most of their trips there. So that was insanity at Burning Man. And then my last two stories, um, one of you guys recommended the Forbidden Four. You asked me to talk about this crazy moment. So also speaking of rain, this was birthed out of a rain delay that happened at Forbidden Kingdom Festival this year which is a massive bass music festival in Florida run by Insomniac events. So essentially sets were canceled and just, you know, spur of the moment, the Forbidden Four was born, which was Sullivan King, Excision, Wooly, and Sudden Death. And they played a two-hour set to close out Forbidden Forbidden Kingdom. So it just was really cool to see these special moments that are birthed out of disaster or moments you wouldn't expect to happen. So whoever got to see that – in person I don't think that's probably happened since um but maybe in the future you'll you'll get a forbidden four set at some point so they made the most of it now my last story I wanted to end on a positive note because I think this is a really beautiful um story and where it is now is exciting to see but Michael Beebe is a very prominent um, dance music artist in the house music scene and back in June he announced that he had a cancer diagnosis he was diagnosed with CNS lymphoma which is a form of brain cancer that affects the central nervous system um, and obviously at the time said any foreseeable you know future shows would be canceled so 
the entire dance music community obviously flooded him with like well wishes and support and a speedy recovery and why I'm excited to end with this is that he just posted on December 5th that he is officially cancer free why am I getting emotional um which is just so incredible because I can't even imagine being like a young age and getting a diagnosis like that because it could just shows you it could happen to anyone at any time and to be able to months later say that you're you know you've done this treatment and you're cancer free is incredible so not only that, but he popped up and did a surprise show in Ibiza in September and played like a full set while he was like still going through recovery, which is fucking incredible. Um, and those videos like also made me emotional because I can't even imagine for him how it felt to go play music again and be in front of a crowd when you've probably been through like absolute fucking hell. So I just wrote down he is a fighter. He is a class act. I wish him nothing but strength and a speedy recovery. And I hope that he continues to heal and has a beautiful holiday season. And I'll leave you guys with this quote that he posted on his Instagram. He said, one life, live it. Beautiful way to end here, especially as we're ending the year. Got one life, guys. Live it. Make the most of it. Do the things that you fucking love. Follow your passions. Be kind to people. And enjoy. Enjoy your life. We don't know how much time we have, so enjoy it. Um... Anyway, you guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. It's really cool to look back at the year and the highs, the lows. Like, I hope that we're a stronger, more united community for the tragedy that has happened here. And I just hope that we can do better. And I've talked about this in other episodes, but I just hope that we can improve, make it a safer space for people, make it a welcoming community for people. And I'm excited to see what artists define next year, what festivals, what moments, I'm I guess I'll quickly wrap up and just say like 2024 is so up in the air for me like I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing I don't know if any of you guys feel this way but I'm just not as much of a planner as I was and I think it it can be a beautiful thing why I'm excited about that is now I have the ability which I appreciate so much and I'm so grateful for it to go to festivals through work so I'm able to kind of like send it a little bit more last minute or to go I work with beatbox so to go to a festival with beatbox or to go you know host a live stream or to go work with the festival as a creator like there's been so many cool opportunities so I'm very much leaving 2024 open groove cruise has been a partner now for almost over a year and that's my first event back you know post baby my first event back as a mom I haven't gone to a festival since April which was Project Glow so Groove Cruise is like the perfect celebration for me to kick off the year and just like go enjoy doing the things I love um and then I'm pretty open from there I was gonna do Electric Forest my group fell apart for Electric Forest so I have no idea what I'm doing now I would still love to go but I'm gonna see what happens with that EDC Vegas maybe Beyond Wonderland maybe there's just a lot up in the air I'm kind of like throwing around a couple ideas I would love to go to Halloween next year but I'm just excited to see what happens and to try some new things, maybe go to some new festivals I haven't done before and yeah, see where the year takes us. So I'm very, very excited for it. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, If you did, please, please consider sharing this episode. Like your word gets this out there in the universe. So share a link with friends, send this to your rave fam, tag me in your Instagram stories. That is huge at rave culture cast on all of the platforms and then again go show love and support to our sponsors guys boom boom naturals 
lunchbox insomniac events groove cruise like all of our partners on today as today's episode all the discount codes and all that will be linked down below if you want to check any of them out i very much appreciate you guys doing that so thank you for supporting the podcast thank you for supporting me have a beautiful weekend and hopefully i will see some of you on the zoom link tonight for a little happy holiday happy hour (laughs) uh thanks guys for watching i'll see you next week bye guys 